I wasn't trying to like PR on this run at all. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring my friends and my family together and um, just show people like this is possible. This is something that, you know, quote unquote, other people are doing this, but um, why not? Why not people like us from, from the islands? And so I just wanted to show them and invite people to come and be a part of it. And we, we had so much support in that. And um, it's cool. yeah, it was great. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Running Long, the podcast brought to you by Bert's Run. My name is Francesco, and today I'm here with Dylan Kirigua. He's a Janji athlete and an ultra runner based in Hawaii. Dylan recently ran the 100-mile perimeter of Guam, an island in the Micronesia in the Western Pacific. And in doing so, Dylan wanted to change the perspective that Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders don't do certain things outside the traditional paradigm. He wanted to empower his people and to promote sport and physical fitness. Dylan named the FKT after his father and is now planning to organize a 100-mile race on the same route. So this conversation is to get to know Dylan a little better, to learn about him and his project, and to share some of the value that also Vert has to make trail running accessible to everyone and to show people how beautiful and empowering it is to run on trails. So here we go. Without further ado, the ultra runner from Hawaii and Janji athlete, Dylan Kirigua. Hi, Dylan. Aloha, Francesco, and thank you so much. That was a beautiful introduction, and I learned so much about myself um, from you introducing me. It's so great to be here, and uh, and good morning from uh, from 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 uh, France. Yeah, it's it's morning here in Europe, and it's uh, almost evening in Hawaii. So we have a twelve-hour time difference. <laughs> kind of cool to be talking to someone who is on the other side of the world. Yeah. So just, uh, you know, I just tried to uh, gather some information that I found on the web, uh, but I think people would love to know about you a little better. Um, you told me before starting this conversation that you're currently living in Hawaii. Is that where you're from and where you grew up? Yeah, so I, uh, I was born and raised on Oahu, Hawaii. And uh, my mom's from here and we're, we've been here for about seven generations, but my dad's side of the family is from Guam and they've been there for a very, very long time, way more than I even know. And so my mom's from Hawaii, dad's from Guam, my ancestral and um, ethnic roots are traced back to Guam as well. Cool. And uh, maybe also for people who are not super familiar, where is Guam exactly? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, it's really hard because not a lot of people know about Guam. Yeah. So Guam is, um, I like to tell people it's south of Japan and mm -hmm. east of the Philippines. And that's like the best way to think about it. It's um, <clears throat> it's an island in, in, uh, in, the, in Micronesia. Yeah. And it's a very, very small place. It's only 10 miles wide. Like at the shortest point, it's 10 miles wide. And, um, and the perimeter is, I think the perimeter of the island itself is about, gosh, I think I forget, about 80 miles, 80 to 90 miles long. Okay, so you make it 100 for your FKT. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, it sounds like a very, very remote and uh, wild place, you know, it's for us Europeans, uh, it's always kind of mind-blowing even when we go to the U.S. to see these very wide open spaces mm -hmm. and to think about an island just so far from everything else in the Pacific, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy, <laughs> but it's, it must be so beautiful. What is, yeah, it's, what is it's the weather, cool. like the climate? Is it um, tropical or... Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. very tropical. Um, there's like, I mean, it, it's like if you've ever been to like 
um, like Hawaii or somewhere. I mean, you must have like tropical parts in Europe too. So mm -hmm. it's very, um, it's very like humid. It's a very moist place. And um, so with that, it can be very hot, but it can be also very rainy. And um, in Guam in particular, there's like a lot of thunderstorms and the monsoons come and go. And um, when I did the FKT, um, the, we called it, um, I, I named it the Gerald Kedigua's Mariana's 100 after my, my late father. Yeah. Um, that in that run, I think throughout the hundred miles, I passed through like maybe two or three heavy, heavy rainstorms. <laughs> and then it got very hot as well. So the temperature and the, and the weather was, was very crazy throughout the entire run. Yeah, I, I, was, I was reading about it. Uh, I, I found an article that said that you faced torrential rain and brutal heat and humidity. So um, yeah, let's, let's get started with uh, you know, your FKT project and sort of where did, where did this idea come from? And then we can talk about how the adventure went. Yeah, you know, this, this whole project for the, um, the Marianas 100, it really came from um, me as a Pacific Islander, not really having a lot of other runners. I just noticed like when I run with other ultra runners and other trail runners that I'm like usually the only like brown person or like the only like Islander or colored person in the group. Yeah. And it was like, and it wasn't ever like um, a thing where I was like embarrassed, but I was like, I was just wondering, like, why aren't other people doing this from from my own culture and my own um, home? And so, I've been running ultras since 2020, and um, you know, I did my first. It started off with a 30 mile run, then a 50 mile run, then a 100 mile run then a 240 mile run. And um, these, all of these runs just like made me feel so empowered and people were like so excited about it. But usually it, usually like people didn't understand what it really meant when I told them, like I told my grandma, I told my, my cousins that I did these big runs, but they didn't understand what it meant because it was so far away on the, in the continental US and Guam so far away from that. And so, I wanted to show people in Guam, like what that actually looks like to run hundred miles. And I, you know, I went through the FKT website and, and I went through like some Googling to figure out, has anyone done a perimeter run around Guam? And there was no record of that. And I was like, wow, like no one's done this. And um, no one said, so no one's done that. And no one's done a century run in Guam. And so I just thought to myself, like, well, I know I can do 100 miles. I've done it. I've done it once already, and I've done a, the Moab 240. So I knew I could do it. And so I just felt very like excited and comfortable with the idea of doing it for my own people and showing people on their own territory what 100 miles will look like in Guam. Very cool. So is there a trail on the perimeter of Guam, or? Was it like kind of on and off trail um, parts on the road? What was it yeah. like? So let me think. Some parts were like on the beach mm -hmm. and, um, and a lot of it was like on the side of the road, which is unfortunate. But, you know, for, for the sake of saying I ran the perimeter of Guam, um, a lot of it was like on the coast, on the coastline itself. Yeah. Um, with that, like there is a, there is a road throughout the entire um, perimeter of Guam. So that's, it was mainly, mainly being on like the grass on the side of the road. Okay. <laughs> yeah, grass or sand or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, what were the challenges that you found during the adventure and also maybe to sort of plan this this project uh like were you supported were you helped by someone 
uh, or was was it just you out there running? What was it like? Yeah, so this whole running project was a part of um, the community that my 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 uh, my cousin and I started. My cousin's also from Guam, um, called the Tribe Collective. Mm -hmm. The Tribe Collective is about empowering Pacific Islanders um, and empowering just everyone. And we really empower people through uh, movement and through community events. And so we had um, this tribe event, um, the FKT Marianas 100. And, <clears throat> and I had uh, my, the co-founder of the tribe, Brandon, and uh, an athlete of tribe, Johnny. And so Brandon present, Johnny Barsano and myself, we were all doing this um, run and um, it was supported by Johnji, my, uh, my sponsor. And we were all able to, um, to start the run together. And it wasn't, it wasn't to like get like the quote unquote, like the fastest. I wasn't trying to like PR on this run at all. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring my friends and my family together and um, just show people like this is possible. This is something that, you know, quote unquote, other people are doing this. But um, why not? Why not people like us from from the islands? And so I just wanted to show them and invite people to come and be a part of it. And we we had so much support in that. And um, that's cool. Yeah, it was great. But um, three of us started, and only I was able to finish because of all of the challenges um, that that had taken place. For example, you know, after the torrential rainfall, there was like blistering heat and with the heat hitting the the wet ground it created a lot of steam and mm -hmm. humidity so so the humidity and the heat and the rain were huge factors in um in this run and um it's, it's so funny it's like the marianas 100 is a lot like um the tropical version of bad water <laughs> what okay um, yeah, so it was like it was just a very um, hot and um, and humid run, and um, I'm from a humid place. Hawaii is very humid, but Guam is even more humid than Hawaii is. Wow! So we had we had that to deal with the entire time, and um, if you look at the route on the FKT, we we split up the route into two loops. So the first loop is the southern part of Guam. And the second loop is a northern part of Guam. And so you're running through the same, the same middle road. And the first time you go down to the south and the, the southern part of Guam is so gorgeous. Like the bay and the, the rocks and, and the beaches are so amazing. And you have like tons and tons of coconut trees. Wow. And it's a very, um, it's like your, your typical like island vibe. And then... So that first loop was like where all of the hills were. Um, I can't remember, maybe it's, I think it's like 15,000 feet of elevation gain in the first like 20 miles or sorry, the first um, 50 miles, which isn't too much. But um, the second part of the run was a lot less scenic. It still had, it still had its like perks, but it was a lot more road running. And, um, and that second part of that run that just that whole loop, it was just, just kind of getting it done at that mm -hmm. point it was a lot more you're just a lot more in your pain cave if you time it right you're in the dark for that part and so for us it was better to do the dark part or to do the uglier not uglier sorry but like the less scenic part in the dark and do the prettier part of in course the, in the yeah wow cool makes me want to visit those places <laughs> yeah you know it's so it's so great because i just really want to talk up guam right now because guam has amazing food because it's like it, it's um a lot of influences from spain so there's like a lot of spanish food but with an island twist in it so you see like the tortillas have coconut milk instead of water you know um, the tamales have coconut coconut meat in it and it's a very coconut-based diet, mm -hmm. um, but then it has like a lot of Spanish influence as well. <clears throat> and so the entire time we were running, people were giving us free like 
smoked pork to eat while we were like <laughs> at, at our stations and and coconut tortillas and my grandma made us like this fried rice when we were when we we're at an aid station and they're bringing us fish and it was just all this good food and we we're so ha- I was so happy to be eating like my ancestral food on this run yeah and um yeah we just had a really good time um with that and <clears throat> I think the I think the like the power of this run is that it's so um it's so like community oriented like huge parades of our family came out and people like celebrities and UFC run UFC fighters came out and like really wanted to be a part of this um and you know Guam is in, like Guam has is home to the Mariana's Trench too so you have all of these really cool features um to the Mariana's 100 that really makes it super appealing wow cool so like people's reaction to your FKT was was great you felt you know kind of proud of of your project and people like what 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 was it like after you ran and people started to ask you about the project and after they kind of supported you um yeah. did they also get involved in trail running what, what yeah. was the um, like the development of your project so it was like an overwhelmingly supportive project where random companies were sending me like cbd lotion and um people were like sending me free food and like uh man people were giving me money <laughs> it was crazy it was so crazy i got like literally like, i got around like 800 from people just like people just giving me money um uh as i was as i was like as i when i finished and you know the governor Uh, invited me to her office and I like met with the governor and talked to her about the importance of running and the importance of you know empowering the islands and really giving um strength to to the Chamorro so the Chamorros are the people of Guam the indigenous people of Guam are called Chamorro and so just empowering Chamorros um has been so has been so cool you know I like I can name so many things that was so great about this run like like uh Yeah, I got free massages after it. it was so and like that wouldn't happen this that didn't happen like when I finished my first hundred mile or, or the Moab and so it's just like it's so special you know like doing something like that was just so special and people were in tears when I finished because they're just so happy and so inspired and so next year um Frank the Crank Camacho who's like a professional UFC fighter is doing the same run and he wants he's so inspired to do it as well and And people are now asking themselves, like, what if I can do it and inspired to, like, do something that's never been done before. And, like, people are coming up to me and saying, I want to do this. How do I train for this? And even getting into, like, okay, what heart rate do I need to be at when I'm training? And how long do I run? And, like, asking me to coach them. And it's so cool. Um, it, it was just, it was an overwhelmingly successful thing. And You know, that run was the slowest run I'd ever done, like the slowest like pace I'd ever run a hundred or, you know, I think. How long did it take you? It took me 32 hours, but it was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my like best ability because I was stopping to hang out with people. My grandma like made me a smoothie and made me fried rice. So I sat down and had a picnic <laughs> during the run. Because that's what um, it was the 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 spirit of the event was a community a community event. Yeah, um, totally, and that shows the you know the power of trail running of its its community and also the power of doing this one mm-hmm. mile run in your community where you're from for your people uh, for your island from the place yes. where you belong. And that is, is really important to me. And uh, it really resonates with the values that we share with Vert. Uh, we're trying, you know, to make trail running accessible to everyone, to empower people through trail running, to, share them, to show them how beautiful it is to just experience the nature, run on trails and to feel 
to feel strong while out there. And um, I think the relationships, the bonds that you make with other people while you run on trails are very long lasting and very, very deep. So uh, I can really understand the, the, the power of the community that you experienced during this run. And uh, it's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what I love about trail running and you hit the nail on the head on that. Like it's mm-hmm. all about community, you know, if, if yeah, you know, there is a, I think there is a competitive side. Uh, for example, myself, I'm a pro athlete and I, you know, I train really hard and I race competitively and especially here in Europe, the trail running scene is, is very professional and, you know, it's maybe a little less about the community when you go to those big races like uh, the Golden Trail Series, the UTMB and so on. Yeah. But there is still this community aspect in a lot of things that we do. Uh, for example, it was just a couple of weeks ago that I organized a little event on my home mountains and, you know, 60 or 70 people came and we had a great time out there. Uh, we were running on on the trails where I usually train, uh, we had good food together. We, right, giving we were giving our best on the trail. It was just beautiful. Uh, it was at, you know, uh, at the sunset with this beautiful light. It was just cool. And I think, um, you know, you know, for you on another scale, it was kind of similar, and to many many other people in trail running, uh, they can experience this this kind of feeling that is important mm-hmm. i feel yeah yeah and so you know i'm so inspired by people like you who like run competitively because i'm out there like i'm like dying when i'm running and like i don't even understand how people are like running so fast on their hundreds and stuff like that it's so crazy but um but that you know i started training in 2020 and so I really want to, um, I started ultra, sorry. I started ultra running in 2020. And so I really want to be able to um, like be at that level. Like I think the more, the better I am, the stronger my, um, the stronger the impact will be for, for, um, from, for people from Guam and the Pacific Islands. Yeah. Yes. I, I do believe so. Um. Wow. So, so cool. And um, I also read that you're planning to organize a 100 mile race on probably the same route that you ran for your FKT. Is that, is that, is that true? Yes. Yes, that is true. So I'm planning to organize this, this, the Mariana's 100 is the name of the race. Um, or Gerald Kittigua's Mariana's 100. And that is a race that I will use for um, a, a, a sponsorship that the Tribe Collective will be holding. Um, and it's a sponsorship to take people from like Hawaii or the islands and take them to the Himalayas mm-hmm. um, and take them on a fully expense paid trip to Everest Base Camp where we select someone who's doing well in the community, who's um who holds the same values of like of the tribe collective where where we're supporting each other and supporting um our culture and and giving back to the community and helping them reach their best self um by taking them somewhere they probably have never gone which is the complete opposite from being from an island to going to the himalayas Um, yeah the highest mountain in the world yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we just want to. I just, I just want to be able to take them to base camp, and you know, and like we're just, it's like a, it'll cost you know around like five thousand dollars to someone there um, from Hawaii, and that's something that I really want to change people's lives and help them in that way. Cool. So the, um, so as I can understand uh one of the purposes of the race is to raise money for this um um this project the tribe collective is that correct yes yes it's um i mean another thing too is i'm 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 training to be the first tomorrow and the first person from guam to summit mount everest 
-hmm. and that in itself i'm sure you know is a very expensive endeavor oh yeah um so so that's another way that i'm um raising money and also just uh raising awareness for the project and really it really goes back to empowering pacific islanders to do things that um they may think is like impossible but really isn't impossible if you um put time and energy and effort and are disciplined about it true what is um you know you talk about empowering pacific islanders and uh, your mm -hmm. people um what is their relationship with sport like or with physical activity not necessarily sport but just being active you know um because here in the western world we have an idea of what fitness and sport is but that might be different for someone who is from asia or you know from such a remote place that is guam so i would like to understand a little better this cultural mm -hmm. aspect of your of your people yeah so um so my my people were were very um martial arts um influence place like we have japan and and um and taiwan and china and those are all right there and so we have a huge like jujitsu community mm -hmm. um we have I think that's our biggest, our biggest things like is jujitsu. And a lot of people are involved in martial arts, like uh, boxing and kickboxing and stuff like that. Um, but also Guam has a lot of obesity, which is really sad. And um, for me, it's really hard because Guam is, it's, uh, it's so remote that a lot of times people are eating a lot of processed foods because it's so remote it's so hard to get fresh vegetables and like unless you're growing it like um good food so a lot of people are eating a lot of things you know what spam is not really spam is like canned meat mm -hmm. it's a block of meat in a can and okay. people eat a lot of spam and i grew up eating spam too um but we're not they're eating a lot of processed foods that aren't good for you And so what, what we, what I want to see and what I'm trying to do is like help people have a healthier lifestyle, especially from Guam and try to eat better is a big part, but even like, you don't have to run ultra marathons. You don't have to of run the marathon. I just want people to take, take action for their health and take responsibility for their health. Yeah. Take care of, uh, of their body and yeah. And just staying active because it's it's so important for their health it's probably the number one thing that we should uh, all do to to stay healthy and you know live a happy life also <laughs> right and that's you know it's so embarrassing sometimes you know like to tell people like oh that i'm from um america the united states of america because we have a thing called the sad diet which is the standard american diet <laughs> you know it's like really it's really bad for you and um to eat as an american like the a normal american diet is so bad for you it's so heavily processed and it's um i mean and i i think there is a little bit of a cliche i mean for someone who has been in the united states several times yeah there is a bad american diet but there is also a lot of people who eat really well and you know they try to buy organic food or grow their own vegetables or just to take care of their diet and to be active and i think we should be you know giving more space to people promoting this lifestyle um something that for example michelle obama was trying to do a lot when she was the first lady right. so i thought that was really important um And that, that is actually not more expensive than have, having a, you know, a diet that is unhealthy and unsustainable because on the long term, you're going to probably spend more money on, on your health. And, and after all, it's your body. You have just one and you have to take care of it. So 
that's it's super important i think yeah i i 100 stand behind that and my grandma is the person who will like it's like all organic and she has her own they had their own a uh, chicken and duck and uh, pig farm so they're eating very clean and eating food that they knew they know where their food's coming from um and they're feeding their animals good food like they're feeding them a lot of coconut and they're feeding them a lot of fruits and vegetables and that's like that's way better than you know like this like these uh, uh farm farm produced animals you know factory farmed animals and uh you can really get go down into it but you know there are people who are eating terrible like courtney de walter she eats terribly and she's <laughs> so great because she runs um, so much <laughs> i mean i i don't really know how she eats but i think one thing is how you eat during a long run or while you're on the trail so you might be eating candy all day because you know you need constant sugar intake and a lot of calories and probably the easiest way for her is to just eat candy and junk food but then i'm pretty sure that when she's not running she probably has a pretty healthy diet or at least she eats you know good food <laughs> she must right i think yeah, yeah. but yeah that's... that is that's true as well as uh, anyone from from guam like from the people who were out there cheering for you and supporting you during your fkt asked mm -hmm. to to coach you no. i'm sorry to, to to coach them to coach them yes yeah so i had <laughs> a couple I had a couple people not ask me like to coach coach but they're just they just really wanted just, to know how how how, I, how to do it yeah maybe um, like just how you know how do i start running because yeah it's easy you just put on a pair of shoes and go out but then what do you do <laughs> a lot of well, people that we are trying to you know give some directions and tips are mm -hmm. really beginners and uh, you know trail running might be it may look a little intimidating at sometimes because you see people running crazy distances with crazy amount of elevation 100 milers and even more but it, it doesn't have to be like that like you can start from literally five minutes of running and then progress from there and it's important to to make it sustainable for your body and to to yeah. build up gradually the distance and the, the time that you spend on the trails and to just make it good for you right i i 100 agree like I wish I had done that for myself, but if I could go back, <laughs> I would have just started way slower. You know, I didn't, I just went from starting to trail run or I started ultra running in 2020, did my first 30 miler in like in September. And then October of the next year, one year later, I did my first like 240 and that was like too fast, too soon. It wasn't good for me. You know, and like I'm, I'm experiencing burnout right now, actually. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not running. I haven't ran for about a month now. Mm. And yeah, I'm take just... your time. I'm, I mean, I can understand how hard it is because I don't think I've ever experienced burnout from running, but I've definitely had hard times mm -hmm. uh, where you know running. It doesn't feel easy anymore and it's not fun and you're just trying to to push through but sometimes it's not good so yeah it's I think it's a very difficult moment and uh, I just hope you have you know maybe someone to talk to or to to support you in this uh this difficult situation and then once you're good to run again you will you will definitely feel that is the right moment mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the hunger to come back to me with instead of like just trying to put miles on my watch. Yes, it's just that is very important. Yeah. Well, David Goggins would be like, 
come on, keep going. <laughs> so hard. But that's not that's not who I am. I have to listen to my body. True. Yeah. It's it's also what I, what we try to teach people. That is something that is so difficult, but it's so important at the same time. I'm sure you will find your your balance and uh, you're running mojo again soon. Uh, just don't rush and be patient and do whatever it takes to fall in love with running again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I, I still love running. Just I just um okay. So I DNF the Tahoe 200. Uh and I was talking to my uh my running coach, uh Mike McKnight. And um he said, you know, I don't think you should have went to Everest Base Camp three weeks before it. And in my mm. mind, I was thinking, I was I was thinking like if I'm at high elevation for three weeks. And then I go to Tahoe 200, like I'm going to be feeling so strong and I'm going to be feeling really good. And so, you know, that was, that was my mentality. And he just told me like, that's probably not the best idea. You just did, you know, you just had the Marianas 100 in, uh, in, in April. And then you went to Everest base camp and now you're going to Tahoe 200 and, you know, by the end of that, I just was like, I didn't, by mile 80, I was like, I don't even want to be on the trail anymore. Like I just spent, you know, so long on a trail on, in, uh, in Nepal, like, why do I want to be out here? And so by that point I was all burnt out and I was feeling sick. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's been a month of feeling this burnout, but through just sauna, just doing saunas and just like hanging out with friends and doing other kinds of workouts and, you know, like planting trees in my garden and getting sweaty in different ways. I've been wanting to run more again. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. The ways is right. And uh, I think also focusing on other activities really helps. And maybe if I can give you a small advice, um, please. Don't think like you have to run these crazy long distances. Maybe, you know, try something new like a 20 miler, a 10 miler, whatever that might kindle the fire again. So yeah, I really hope you find your motivation again, but I'm sure you will. Um, yeah, season, seasons in your life. Yeah, true. Seasons in your life. <laughs> So you you mentioned that you went to Everest Base Camp in Nepal, and uh, oh. I also read that Nepal is the place where you took up mountain running. How did get how did that started? Like, yes. where did the motivation come from, or maybe was there someone who inspired you to take up this sport? So I, um, so in the U S we have a program called the Peace Corps and, um, the Peace Corps is like a government program where you live in, in, um, a country and you, you, uh, live with like, you live with villagers and you, um, you help them in whatever like sector that you are put in. So I was in the agricultural sector where I was teaching people how to eat uh, a more nutritious diet. And, um, and I was teaching them how to plant fruits and vegetables that were better for your, better for your diet. Like, you know, anything, any, any, any raw and organic vegetables is like, is what I planted for them um, in, in the Himalayas. And so when I was there, I was just so lonely and bored and wanting to express myself and get physical and the only thing I could do was run it's like I had a pair of hoka running shoes I didn't have like anything else to do I couldn't go to the gym there's no saunas there there's like we didn't even have like water where I was living there's like almost no water and so the only thing I could do was like put my running shoes on and go for a run in the mountains and so that's what I did. I did that all the time. And it was like the best way for me to, um, start my day and the best way for me to like, 
um, like, you know how you, when you run, you, you feel a lot happier. So mm -hmm. it just makes me a lot more happier to live in this place. And in Nepal, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of poverty and there's a lot of like, I didn't live in a beautiful mountain town. I lived in like the desert of Nepal. And so it was very sad. It's a very sad time mm -hmm. for me. And so to, to combat that sadness and like depression, I took up running and, um, and for my birthday, I was like, I want to be an ultra runner for my birthday. <laughs> and so I ran 27 miles to, to be an ultra runner for my birthday. And that was the first time I'd run uh, an ultra in the mountains there. Wow. Cool. And <laughs> what year was that? Was, was it before the pandemic? Yeah, this was uh, 2019 that I had done maybe 20. Yeah. 2019 is when I did that. And, um, yeah, ever since then, like, I just kept, I just kept running and, um, I, I would do a lot of like hiking and the mountains are so close to like where I live too. So I would just, you know, I, I did my first 15,000 foot mountain in 2019. Then, in um, and then I just like, by that point, I was like, I knew I wanted to climb Mount Everest by that point. I knew that was my, one of my goals. And so I just kept doing things that I thought would be good for that. Good for my, um, my training. And yeah. this is me who I hadn't even talked to anyone about mountaineering yet. I just knew like, okay, maybe if I run more, I'll be a better mountaineer. Maybe if I hike these mountains at these higher elevations, I'll, I'll be able to summit Mount Everest. And so this is like before I got organized about it. Yeah, I'm sure all this is going in the in the right direction to accomplish your dream one day. I, I think it will require a lot of support and also probably financial resources. But, um, you know, you're laying the foundations for for this dream that you have. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, one of my inspirations is like Killian. Yeah. He, uh, when he ran the summit and then he did it again he did it twice in eight days that was like so inspiring you know and and i'm so inspired by like these giants like courtney and killian and um even my coach mike mcknight and um goggins and and just like they were they're just so um so inspiring to me and like, i just want to be like that because like why not why can't why can't a tomorrow also be like that? That's <laughs> what, what I yeah, think about. That's true. Yeah, we have the fortune to have really some great, great people at the top of our sport, some role models and super, super humble people mm -hmm. uh, like Killian, uh, Francois and Jim Wamsley, Courtney, and many, many more. Mm -hmm. And we're so lucky to live in a moment like this. Um, that they're you know at the top of the sport and inspiring a lot of people to get active and run on the trails so yeah that is a beautiful thing i think right and i'm, I'm actually really curious about this app because i don't have it but the vert mm -hmm. is it vert run yeah vert run yeah yeah it's an app for trail and ultra runner that was mm -hmm. basically I think the idea was born four or five years ago from, you know, two guys from um, South America, Max and Moy. Moy, they, they are the founder and the co-founder of Vert. And actually the idea started like uh, through a sort of newsletter or mailing list um, with them sending people like little training plans to follow via email. Then things got bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and the project grew and uh they started a website and then it was yeah one and a half years ago when i started working with them they launched their app with the uh, training plans that you can sign up to um also a lot of free content because we have a lot of free training plans that people can can follow and we're just trying to bring more and more content and information and resources for people to 
have the best possible experience on the trails and uh, you know live it in a healthy way and uh, have fun for as long as they can with the sport so that is the goal with Ver. that's an amazing goal i love that yeah. <laughs> thanks um so there is like a lot of things that we discussed and our conversation uh, has been going in different directions, but uh, maybe I would like to ask you this question that is something that I tend to ask to a lot of people uh, that we have as guests uh, on our podcast. Um, what is your impression about the the whole sport of trail running and its community, like where it's heading and its values. You know, I tend to see the sport from a professional side, uh, but I also understand people like who, like maybe more like you who do it for, for fun, for the community and to just have a great time. And they're not as competitive as I am maybe, but I think it's always very interesting to like understand people's perception about the sport and where it's heading and uh, yeah, trail running is, is evolving and it's changing constantly. So it's something that mm -hmm. I'm very curious about to hear from you. Yeah. So trail running and what do I think about it? <laughs> it's so funny. because when you said that I'm thinking of beer. <laughs> like I know I know that so many trail runners love to drink and um and that's one of the biggest things that I see um it's like oh I'm a trail runner that means you like to drink beer so <laughs> I think I think it's a beautiful sport and I see that there is a lot of community and it's like a place where a lot of misfits go who have to have you have to have gone through something I think in life that has brought you to trail running because it's a sport where your mental toughness needs to um, you just need mental toughness for the sport. So if you're a trail runner, I know that you're a, you're, you have a, you have a very strong heart and you have a very strong mind. And I think it brings in a lot of people who have had some, like some trauma or some, something that like really is pushing them to, to find themselves and see where their limits are because um because trail running really does help you deal with those things yeah and um maybe maybe i'm projecting for myself but i think <laughs> trail running it requires for you to go into, you have to go into meditation to to finish and you have to be able to have a positive self-talk with yourself for a long time you have to be able to like be positive you need to be able to like um like be present and think about only the, your next step rather than the next mile or the next kilometer. And so um, the type of person that is doing that is a good person in my book because you have to be so strong to do that. And it makes people, I think that people who are trainers are a lot more patient, patient with each other and more compassionate and a lot more um, understanding of one another. And that's, it's a, it's a beautiful community. And I've been saying this for a long time that my, the next president of the United States needs to have at least have one belt buckle because if they don't, they're not going to be a good person. <laughs> wow. That, that's a beautiful answer. Thank you. And I do think that, you know, trail running, trail running reveals who you are because it forces you to confront with really who you are and your inner self. That's what I've found. Uh, that's probably what I've always found in, in running in general and in particular in distance running, uh, but even more in trail running because there is also uh, this peculiar aspect that is the relationship with the environment and the nature that is very important and that makes it different from probably any other sport um, that we should not forget about. So, yeah. 
I really agree with what you said. Um, so I think um, this was pretty much what I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you wanted to add something to our conversation, um, whether it, it's related to, you know, your future projects, um, Tribe Collective or the Everest project or the 100 miler that you're organizing in Guam. You have a lot of things going on. <laughs> so yeah, I really wanted well, my- to wish you the best of, all the best for all your projects, all the things that you have going on. And uh, if you wanted to add something, feel free to do it. Yeah, thank you, man. I just, you know, I, I really believe that the best way to live your life is to do the things that are, that scare you and to do the things that, um, that are at the edge of your comfort zone. So to really like lean into the things that are interesting to you, but you think are hard because, you know, you may not believe you can do it, but your, your brain and your body are a lot stronger than you think. And you just have to, you have to believe in yourself. And then when you believe in yourself, other, other people will believe in themselves as well. And we need more people who are believers. And that's what you're showing people, especially in Guam. Yes, especially, especially for my own family and my own culture. Um, I need, and I want, I want people to believe in themselves and to, and to represent and also learn your language, learn, learn mm-hmm. your mother tongue. You know, that's so important. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much, Francesco, for, for having me on. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. What is the best way to, to follow you and your projects? Um, yes. So I have my, my personal Instagram. It's dill, D-I-L-L underscore daddy. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, notes for sure. So that thank you. people can follow you and thank hopefully you. And sign up I, to your race or just follow your project and maybe support them. Thank you. And then uh, my other one is um, tribe. Hawaii, which is my uh, the found this is my organization. Mm-hmm. So uh, tribe Hawaii is the is that Instagram. But also, if anyone who's listening to this wants to collaborate or help me get to any of my goals or find a way for us to cooperate, please contact me. I need all the help in the world, and we're all one global tribe, and we need to help each other. Of course. Yep. Thank you very much, Dylan, and we all wish you all the best, uh, all the success for your projects and for your future. And uh, we're sure that uh, you'll fall back in love with running again soon. It's it's not something that you have lost. It's just you have to just yeah find the right moment, yeah, yeah, find a good the good spot to to stay consistent and to approach it in a healthy way. Uh, just give yourself time. Um, so yeah, thanks again for this great conversation and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll see you on the, fin- on the uh, starting line sometime, I'm sure. I'm sure too. Thanks. Yeah. Bye guys. Cheers, brother. Great. Have a great night and a great day for you. Yeah, thanks for listening everyone. Bye-bye. Awesome.